Welcome back, you hooligans. This is Les Tech More Neck. I'm Devontae. And this is Eric. Les Tech More Neck. Mmm, y'all hear what I say. Les Tech More Neck. For your mother and your brother, we gonna hear from Eric and Devontae. It's strange times and these are strange days And it's strange people living strange ways So expect Let's take Monet And today we're actually going to interview Sophia Hello Hi (laughs) (laughs) Since last time we had her on Calvin spilled the beans with his fucking amazing episode which fucking still actually still blows my fucking mind i think about that so often (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy it's crazy what technology did to his life yeah i mean a combination of covid if covid had never happened he never would have made making tiktoks and none of that his life would have changed so much he would have probably graduated and oh yeah um, we we probably wouldn't know calvin yeah we wouldn't know no not at all it's interesting did you did you know he was like tiktok famous did you ever see him no not at all he must have been on like a different side of tiktok than what i was never on that side of tiktok i couldn't have been like what do you do random videos he said just like his head hidden the ceiling fan yeah yeah and then he would also do a lot of like feminists yeah i think he like making fun of people that were like oh like anti but you guys aren't that far in age what are you guys three years apart yeah Mm -hmm. because i think he's turning 22 i'm turning 19 yeah which is going to be different than what we've had on because we've had a lot of older people calvin was the youngest we've had on mm-hmm. and then now you Me. what was technology like whenever you were little like when i was in high school that's when social media really took off because mm-hmm. before then we had myspace which you do you even know myspace i don't know of it but i never used it's it. an, no. ancient, <laughs> an ancient thing that we used to use, which is, in my opinion, superior to Facebook. Did you use? Did you actually have a MySpace? I had, I had a MySpace. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. <clears throat> no, I never had one. Top, I've heard you, of it, but never. You, your top it. friends. Oh, I'm going to tell you things then. Yeah. You had the top friends. Okay. And then you get people would always come at you and be like, hey, man, make sure to put me in your top friends. Put me in your top friends. I was like, nigga, I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> Tanya, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Huh. And then you can put on like a playlist on there. And then people can go through and listen to like the kind of music that you like, your top playlist. Which was the best part. Facebook didn't have that fucking shit. Hmm. It was just shocked me that Facebook overtook MySpace. And mm-hmm. I realized there was no music. I was like, what the fuck is this? How well, how old were you when Facebook and MySpace oh, and all that kind dude. of came out? You um, were... So I got MySpace kind of on the back end. Which was, fuck, maybe my seventh grade year. So middle school. Wow. Middle school is when I had MySpace. Okay. And then Facebook, I got eighth grade. And then Facebook took off. Everybody was on there. Freshman year, Twitter came out. People were on Twitter. Facebook was still bigger than Twitter at that time. And then eventually somehow Twitter took over and Facebook just became the place where everybody's parents went. <laughs> and that's still the place where everybody's yeah. parents are. <laughs> and there's some people that still get on there, but it's a, like a, almost a particular type of people that kind of scope out on Facebook still. High school, sophomore years when Snapchat came out, I believe for myself. No, that was all post-college for me. Yeah. And then Snapchat was pretty big. I'd, I'd seen Snapchat and I was like, that's fucking stupid. So when did you get like any social medias? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty good. Like when I was younger, like I was never, like my mom wasn't really someone that was huge with like 
technology. Like the only reason I got a phone was because I was walking home alone. So, what? and the first one I got was a flip phone. It was a flip phone. It was okay. my dad's and, yes. old phone. And, and how old were you when you got that? I want to say like fourth grade. I don't remember specifically. Okay. So but my first know. iPhone was sixth grade. Oh, but that's so, when it was more of a Wow, thing. but middle school though was your first iPhone. For me, it was still elementary. But yeah, for a lot of places, it's middle school. Okay, yeah. So sixth mm-hmm. grade is elementary. You, again, you needed the flip phone to communicate. That's what my son's going to get. Trust me, everyone. He ain't get <laughs> no fucking smartphone. But he ain't going to get a smartphone in sixth grade. Why or how did you convince your parents to get you a smartphone? I honestly don't think there was a lot of convincing because by then in society, it was like a lot of kids were getting it. So I think for her, it was just like, well, all her other friends have it. The natural progression of technology. Everyone else has it. So mm -hmm. my daughter will get one too. Yeah, there was no like begging or pulling. It was just like, and also my sister was older than me. So she got Mm. her first, it was like an iPhone 5 or something, Mm. colorful ones. (laughs) She got her first one, I think when she would have been in middle school. So it was just like, oh, then I got mine when I was at a similar age. I mean, so what were people's kind of reactions whenever they were getting phones? Like, when did you first notice, like, your friends were getting phones? Was it around the same time as you, or was it before you? Before. I think Mm. there were a few kids that got phones in, like, fourth grade. Damn. Like, one of my really close friends got her first phone, fourth grade. And so I would literally be like, oh, my gosh, because she would, like, pull out her phone and, like, be Mm -hmm. on, like, apps. And I literally was like, oh, my gosh. But I didn't get my first one until sixth grade and then from then i think because it was it became such a like society thing it like wasn't weird like there wasn't like a oh my god i have a phone now type of thing because everyone yeah, did yeah, yeah. Hmm. were they like were people on like any social media at that time so tiktok was musically then and that was a huge yeah. thing musically. musically was big interesting yeah for us it was huge like everyone posted musically is and like all that so that was a big one vine was also big vine, vine was huge vine. whenever yeah. i was in fucking <laughs> high school you're fourth grade, so this is when I was like 21. Um, no, okay, this was in sixth grade, so you were 19. <laughs> I was like 32, 33 at the time, I think. No, yeah, this is when I, yeah, when I was in sixth grade, and that was like majority of what I used. And then Instagram, and then YouTube was big. Oh, yeah. YouTube, YouTube was big whenever I was young. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like the place people went to. That's when music videos were actually a thing. I feel like people don't mm-hmm. watch music videos anymore. I we used to look up. All of our music was done through YouTube. I think people still do because I'll still watch them. Maybe I'm dating myself, but it's and they'll have like a shit ton of views for like popular songs yeah. that come out. So. Oh yeah, but I well now they have YouTube Music. That's but, crazy. But mm-hmm. back in the day, people would only go to YouTube to listen to to music. listen to music. Yeah. Like we would have it play on the background, mm-hmm. and then you don't know anything about LimeWire. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. 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 Have you heard of it before? No. LimeWire or anything? Okay. Mm-mm. Oh, that motherfucker fuck your computer up, but yeah. you God could download yeah. music for free essentially. You've heard of Napster? Mm-mm. Okay, so essentially, kind of the same thing. It was basically a, a site you could go to and download free music, mm-hmm. but you could download other things too. You download porn, you could download it was highly movies. illegal, yeah, all kinds of videos. You could download <laughs> movies, illegal. yeah, but it took forever because the internet was so slow when we were mm-hmm. in well, for me, when I was yeah. in elementary school, middle school, downloading a video, you'd be like, This is gonna take days, you'd literally have to have it hooked up for days. 100%. I, I used to burn, burn CDs. <laughs> and it would it would take like 12 hours to burn like eight songs like legit it was it was a different time back then <laughs> uh, that was like spotify was there was no spotify there was no there was oh, no paying yeah. for streaming of anything people had fucking satellite tv you probably still had cable i had fucking cable 
or you were using an antenna still, which is shocking. Not a lot of people were, but some people were still using antenna just to get local channels. And it was all DVDs and Blu-rays. DVDs, but then there was VHS. We, I still had VHS I was playing. I had the fucking cassette tape or whatever, uh, the uh, VCR with the VHS and then the DVD side. That's awesome. And have you ever seen a VHS at all? Like yes. movie? <laughs> you have? Okay. How? Where did you see that at? I think it literally was at my house. My mom was okay. not like super up to date with mm. stuff. So she, like, so she had like, VHS player and DVD player and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Like I remember getting our first like plasma TV. No, I was like old enough to know. So okay. we had like yeah cable TV. Like a smart TV where you yeah. was it a smart TV where or like you like a flat screen? S- yeah. Streaming yeah, yeah. We didn't have that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, like I remember getting it. Like I was pretty old, I think. When was your first interaction with a tablet or a smartphone? I'm assuming your mom had a smartphone probably by, what, 2010, 2011, like most people. So you would have been six, seven. Did You You probably were exposed to it. You probably... My mom no. actually did not. She oh, had, really? Like, okay. Yeah, she literally would have like those... It was pretty much the equivalent of a flip phone. Like She did not get her first smartphone was like in, I would want to say, like the past five years. <laughs> oh, wow. Go ahead, yeah. mom. Interesting. Oh, hey, mama. Just because yeah. she didn't like the technology? So you got one before she, she didn't did. didn't have the urgency to get it. Okay. But yeah. she got you one before she got herself one. Yeah, because then wow. she used, I think, a Samsung mm-hmm. for a while. And then she switched over to iPhone when and, iPhone became more and more of a thing. Okay. And my sister and I both had one. And I think mm-hmm. it was easier to bundle together, too. Yeah. I, I feel like most people in that generation just stick with whatever the fuck they got. If they have a flip phone, they have a fucking flip phone. Like, my mom just got an iPhone. Yeah, and we had, like, our home phone. That was kind of it. And she has no idea. I've tried to walk her how to send emails. <laughs> she has no fucking idea. She's like, oh, I think I sent it. I was like, no, that's just a text message. Like, anyway, you're not doing it. Whenever you were growing up and you were watching all these vines, like, what was going on in your mind? Were you like, this is amazing? Like, you're having a good time? <laughs> or did you think, like, oh, my gosh, I probably shouldn't be seeing some of the shit that you're seeing. Because I'm sure you were exposed yeah. to some pretty crazy things. Yeah, yeah. So, interestingly enough, I feel like mine was, like, straight down the middle, which is, like, kind of weird. Like, I think there were parts of social media that really were just, like, fun and, like, lighthearted, and it was good. But I also began – I had been struggling with mental health probably since, like, fourth grade. <laughs> but I noticed it became a lot more, like, prevalent because there were, like, vines, like, that would, like – promote stuff like that like i feel like that's before there was a lot of awareness like now on social media it's pretty easy to like pick what you're watching mm-hmm. you can be smart about it change the algorithm yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. but like then it was very focused and i feel like that was a time where like i do think my mental health got worse because it was almost promoted on the internet like this was not like tumblr phase necessarily actually yeah it was around that time when everything was kind of like i don't know like it was like popular to be like emo and like all that Mm -hmm. so there are all these vines and like things and like videos and so i feel like it made my mental health worse at the time because it was i don't know if it's better to be normalized or not but at that time normalizing mental health is not the same as it is i think normalizing it now on the internet Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of awareness a lot of resources but normalizing it then was almost just posting like sad quotes or like videos like there was not the same awareness around it mm-hmm. so there was like that information but then there wasn't the information of like how can you help yourself so it's not like you were comparing yourself to other people online you were literally or to these videos or like little memes or whatever it mm-hmm. was 
memes and videos about literally mental health, but it was like, oh, like pick yourself up or what no, would they the say? No, it's the opposite of that. Like, I'm like, saying now oh, there's more I videos. See. Yes. Yeah. So now really there's more negative? videos okay. that are like, oh, yeah, there's all this messed up stuff going on, but here's resources. So mental health seems like it was kind of programmed to be a thing. Like popular. It yeah. was like popular trendy. to be. Yeah. I remember when it was trendy to be like yes. depressed and whatnot. But it. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I but, got Yeah. You. No, it's like, it, yeah. it's like they conditioned you to mm-hmm. feel a particular way. And then scrolling on here is going to make you feel better. Mm. that's that's kind of what i'm i'm hearing it almost, yeah it's like this. i think people would post those things it's like oh you're not alone but in reality yeah. they were just promoting you to feel more like that because exactly. it was trendy mm-hmm. and i had and i already knew the feeling well it's not like it started in sixth grade like i already knew the way i felt but i think it definitely got worse like the anxiety was prevalent in fourth mm-hmm. grade but then i realized the depression side of it came out heavily in sixth grade onwards and so from sixth grade so i mean i guess since sixth grade you've had a smartphone Mm-hmm. and yeah. in sixth grade would you say you used it a lot like were did your school regulate it at all were they like hey no smartphones in the school or were like most people were you using them in class going through the halls i mean probably now people use them wherever but like we could mm-hmm. use them if we had like indoor recess or something like it wasn't like oh you can just have it like in your desk because like oh, that was God. still when they had like the desks and like all that i don't know what they have now they have, like tables and random stuff that was only last year for you girl you know what they have <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm saying like elementary schools. A lot of them are changing the way that they have it to like help kids focus, stuff like that. And I yeah, we could have it like indoor, like during indoor recess. But like other than that, it was not something that you were just like pulling out of your pocket. Like you'd leave them in your backpack type of thing. Hmm. So it wasn't as, it probably now is more like that. But yeah, because not everyone had one, but a lot of people did. Did anybody, any one of your friends or anybody you knew that you went to school with kind of have the same thoughts as far as, they started feeling more depressed around sixth grade. And then did they mm-hmm. also struggle with anxiety before that too? Yeah. So my best friend, we were in the same class in sixth grade. And I think we both struggled with mental health. And like, I think falling into that trendy trap of it. And we also both played like video games heavily online. So mm-hmm. we were also talking with people online that were feeling that like it was just trendy to be that way, which like now it's like not. You know, like, it's more like, oh, how can you get help? Like, resources, which is good, even though social media is still not necessarily good. They're still promoting that stuff. But I think then it was, like, her and I definitely were. I think maybe because also, like, the people we talked to online, like, they would tend to be older than us, like, high school. So I think we kind of, like, matured, not in, like, a good way, but, like, quicker than other people because we had that exposure. If we didn't have that exposure, we probably wouldn't have. But like the side of the internet that we got on and us playing video games, I think, mesh those together more than just someone who was on like Musical.ly or uh, Vine. What video games were you playing online? We were playing like Minecraft. That was a big one. And like Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Those are oh. the two main ones that we played. So computer, Xbox, PlayStation? or Computer, Xbox, and PlayStation. Okay, like so you do all the, Yeah. And how long have you been playing, would you say, your like first memories of playing video games? At least with the internet, playing video games, yeah. not just... Probably fourth you know. grade. Okay. So that's... Is that the first time you also felt anxious? No, I think my anxiety would go back probably to like first grade. But I think it definitely was like... It definitely got worse. Or I became more self-aware, I think, with the internet hmm. and seeing it and it being kind of like trendy... Because, I mean, half those things I probably wouldn't have even been aware of if I wasn't on the internet. So you almost got in your... I myself. 
yeah, you almost got in your own head about your own mental health of just like, oh, this mm-hmm. is the thing that's going on. So, you know, I don't feel good about myself. So I'm going to dwell on things online that make me almost feel worse, feel worse. Yeah. I mean, that mm-hmm. it's supposed to, I mean, again, capture attention. You know, what the internet has done is it's allowed people to try to peacock essentially. And so what, you know, they're all, we're all trying to peacock to one another for different reasons. And, you know, that means posting whatever is going to get the most views. Obviously, what we're trying to create here, it's to create awareness, but we want views to drive awareness of what's going on. Yeah. And essentially, that's kind of what was happening. It's there's positive awareness and then there's negative awareness. And a lot of that, some of the things that capture the most attention tend to be negative, I think, for most people's mental health. If you look at celebrities or Instagram, like what are they called? Promoters or influencers. Influencers. Mm -hmm. You know, I I watch some of my male friends are looking at, looking at butts or whatever. And then what girls are looking at, what everyone's looking at is different and and kind of tailored to their interests. But you could tell that it's like your life isn't good enough and you want to, again, then you, then you throw yourself on it. Cause I've had Instagram and, you know, I definitely leveraged it to peacock, I guess, you know, it showed like my lifestyle, camping, dirt biking, mountain biking, having fun. And of course, I wanted to push the envelope of that because then I wouldn't use Instagram to date, but I would attach my Instagram to dating profiles. And it got me a lot of attention because girls would be like, oh, this guy's living the Colorado lifestyle. So I get a lot of likes. It's a piggyback effect. But you've been exposed. You know, for me, that was post-college. I was already in my career. You were literally a fourth grader. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, I think also the lack of self-awareness. Because, like, in elementary school, like, they never talked about, like, oh, are you struggling with mental health? You know what I mean? Like, that was not a conversation that you had because it's, like, what kids were. But, of course, there's always going to be a group of people that are based on just, like, what they experience in their lives. And I think that was also probably the part that was worse, being on the internet at that age. Because also, like, think about, like, yeah, high school students. Like, sure, it was trendy and that's what you were getting. But I think to an extent they were self-aware that it's trendy but of course as a sixth grader either like i didn't have that self-awareness yet to be able to like separate myself from what i was viewing online in the same way maybe someone that was in high school mm-hmm. could and they also were talked about mental health like, it's more like you would go up to someone in high school and you'd find someone you're struggling with and be able to have like a deep conversation about it but like, in elementary no one was talking about mental health you know, like no one was like, oh, I'm struggling. Like that was not just like a common conversation that you had. It's it's interesting because growing up for me, I didn't, it was never talked about. Mental health, anxiety, depression, none of that at all was talked about. Like not even in high school mm-hmm. for me was that ever talked about. And not until like recently, maybe three years ago, when somebody was talking about like anxiety and like they were describing it, I was like, "Oh shit!" I guess that—that's me. Like I have anxiety, but my entire life, I just—that was just life. Yeah. I thought, was just, I thought that was like normal. I thought everybody felt the exact same way. And to go with what you're saying in elementary, like it was never talked about. Like the teachers never talked about it with you guys. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a different generation because what you guys are experiencing, they didn't experience growing up. So they have no, what they're thinking about was whenever they were a kid and it's completely different. That's why a lot of things don't line up. Teachers are my age now, but whenever we're older in our forties, fifties and we're teaching kids, we're not going to have a single idea what the fuck they're actually going through. And we can't blame the teachers for that. 
because yeah. they're just thinking about whenever they were a kid. Mm-hmm. And times are going to be completely different every step of the way. I don't know how we would better go about that because that's where there's a big downfall in education. Because we're like, oh, well, we should have been taught this. Like, well, they didn't understand that just right. as much as you didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's you're, you're never going to get ahead of the eight ball now because the technology changes so fast. The world changes. Social changes. Technology changes. Like, it's phenomenal. Which, again, so the entire rate of change of our life is way faster. But we're literally still designed to live in caves as cavemen and women and literally, you know, go hunt and gather and kill the deer and we didn't live that long. It's tough. It's hard when you put yourself in a in a society with a fucking smartphone, you know, and a computer and the internet and and with a very convenient life too. Cuz even you know, you guys, how you guys grew up, it's still better than a king a thousand years ago because you had running water, you had right. electricity. You know, you could go to the hospital if you needed to, medical, like if something happened, you could go more or less get fixed, no matter what your income level is. Your life is still so much better than someone a thousand years ago. But, you know, our brains haven't evolved to that point. And that's w- what mental health struggle is right now, is the fact that, you know, what I talk to my clients about every day is it's like, you're not fucked up. You're literally a little homo sapien living in the most absurd time in human history. That's what mental health is, is you have, you're very anxious, very confused, endless choice, all these things, because your life's so convenient. We are not meant to live this, in this convenient of a life. Right. And obviously the more convenient your life is, the more your brain is going to go to crazy places. That's why you're seeing people behave the way they do. Now it's interesting to think, so you were born in 2004. Yeah. How do you and your friends feel about I guess we'll say technology, but the world today, do you think, oh, it's going to hell in a handbasket or are you, do you or your friends tend to be more positive? And again, we'll take the aggregate of most people, you know, people you went to high school with, people that you know here Mm -hmm. around your age. Do you think that it's overall a positive sentiment or negative of the future? Because I feel like it's very down the middle. Like, I think there are some people that don't even want to talk about it, don't even want to have an idea of what's going on in the world or any of the problems going on in the world. And then there's also people on the other side of it that are very motivated to, like, make a change. And I feel like it is very down the middle when it comes to, like, the ideas within social media. And I think there's more people collectively that are like, oh, social media is bad, but also it's become trendy to say social media is bad and Mm. get off the internet. So it's like, I mean, it's not not that that's a bad trend. Like, it's a good trend. It's a better trend than what was trendy when I was in sixth grade. But I think it's very down the middle of how people feel about social media. And I think a lot of people wouldn't admit the connection that they have to social media and kind of the obsession with social media. Like if it got taken away, there's plenty of people that'd be like, oh, I'd be fine, but like they wouldn't. But like, I feel like there's two sides. We're fucked, but you know, what are you gonna do? Which is like, ew, kind of a gross mindset. But then there's other people that are very motivated to make a change and want to talk about change and want to repost things that are uh, yeah and that's was so it's more of like the few your future i mean like so your 18 your cohort will just say 18 to early 20s kind of hit with the same amount of stimulus around the same age yeah. you know do you have a sense of which purpose in life like what and again more greater than social media of mm-hmm. yes we're all individuals but you know do you feel like oh like my purpose is I want to get married and have a family and like have that stability in my life or I want to go 
cure cancer. Like, again, something that's like greater than yourself, like really a lot of drive for something greater than just you as an individual. Or do you think a lot of people you see around your age? That, again, I, I think for people even my age, it's it, not a lot of people have a lot of sense of hope, I would say. Like deeper mm-hmm. hope of I'm going to put something above myself. Yeah. You know, whether obviously me forced to now because I have a child. I mean, a lot of my friends, especially my successful friends, they're just fishing, having fun. I mean, they're making a shit ton of money fucking or traveling or doing fun things. Mm-hmm. And these are men and women. But not a lot of people are like, oh, well, what about pulling some weight or like doing something hard? Mm-hmm. You know, again, a lot of times people are forced to do something hard, but I think it's probably make it's going to be easier if you kind of put it on yourself to choose your heart, as I always say. So do you think a lot of people your age feel they want to do that? Or is it like people just kind of coasting through life, you see, that are just like, fuck it. I think overall there is a sense of like restlessness. Because also it's like, sure, we're hearing all these problems in the world that we're not the ones that did it in the first place mm-hmm. but that's our future i think there's like a split down the middle because also you're hearing from older generations like oh you guys are just screwed you guys are just screwed but then they <laughs> want us to do something about it <laughs> it's like oh you're screwed just as much as we are but i think it's there is a sense of restlessness because there's a want to prove wrong to everybody of the position they put us in and i think definitely like my generation especially there is definitely a drive to make a difference more so now than ever. And I think social media does help that because we're learning stuff we wouldn't just learn watching the news. What's, even... the, what's the change that you think your generation is trying to do? I think overall, like, I think especially social, like social change is a big thing. But I think there's a big push. I think, I mean, more recently, I think everything going on with like politics and all that. And just feeling like there's a sense of like, there's something severely wrong. Cause why are 80 year old men that are like on their deathbed telling us <laughs> what our future should or shouldn't be. Very true. And also we're getting our rights taken away from things that have been implemented for years now. So I think there's a sense of anger and restlessness and wanting to change, mm-hmm. but more wanting to gain power back for us and like the things that are coming for us. And I think there's people that are like wanting like have the drive to actually do that and i think there's other people that are like oh like we're screwed like whatever i'm just gonna live my life and do what i want to do and that's mm-hmm. kind of it but i think that's that's two different sides on social media it's like either you're on the like change side and the like wellness side or on the social media of like who cares everything sucks like blah blah, blah. it's like two coping mechanisms honestly mm-hmm. i think it's two ways to cope either hope or just being like oh whatever i'll do whatever with, I, with my life because like, i'm gonna die anyways and i think it really just depends on again like algorithm if those are the people you surround yourself with and that's what you're seeing on social media, then, like, of course, like, there's a certain way you can, like, blame people, but also, like, those are their circumstances. I think that's really starting to show more now than ever with social media and how easy it is to, like, connect with people or find groups or talk with people online more than it ever has been. Do you think a lot of people your age kind of understand, I mean, really what happened around when you guys were born, like the housing market basically collapse in 2007 and 8 and then kind of the subsequent of oh how the government handles its problems well we just create insane inflation we just print a bunch of money and dilute the dollar which really hurts the poor and financially uneducated about 70 80 percent of the population Mm -hmm. and obviously the rich get richer type thing do you think a lot of people your age they understand that and it's kind of railing against that like fuck you like putting your finger on the money printer and basically it's, you know, especially someone your age, you have a mountain to climb. When I was your age, 
-hmm. it was way easier. It was just easier. And we're not that, I'm not that much older than you. I'm 14 years older than you. But my life at 18. It's over a decade. No, I'm older. I get that. But in the grand scheme, in the grand scheme of time, like how much money has been printed, like you're so far behind the eight ball. You could not, you couldn't do what I did when I was your age, when I like bought my first place and all that. It is substantially harder. College is more expensive. Food is more expensive. The cost of living is more expensive. So even if you have help from your parents, that only goes so far right now. Because oh, your yeah. dollar has just been diluted. And so you would say a lot of your friends kind of get that concept of what's happening or what has I happened? I would say collectively, I think everyone kind of understands it. But I think it's just whether people want to admit it or not. Okay. Or actually like pay attention to it. Because I think there's some people that just want to pretend it's not happening. But for people that are maybe in my position where you're paying for all your bills, you have to just be out there working. Yeah, it's like you you have to understand it to an extent. Because I mean, you're doing everything for yourself but i think i think of a lot of people that Devonte, you and i both come from small towns where a lot of people stay where they grew up and i think that's also i'm not saying this towards everyone i think there's many reasons why people stay where they are you know schooling's a lot cheaper because it's expensive everywhere else but i think also a big part of it is like if you stay somewhere you're comfortable the world doesn't feel so real yep. but like you have to have such a reality check like when i moved i mean i moved out at 17 like i was here before i even turned 18 mm-hmm. And, like, just being like, oh, I'm on my own, and now I just have to literally just go out in the world and figure it out. Yep. Like, I think that takes a lot. And especially now, like, there's such an emphasis on, like, comfort, especially since COVID, which makes sense. You know, like, that was a crazy time for everybody. But I think now people have become so comfortable that they just want to feel that comfort. Because mm-hmm. anywhere you step out, you're hearing 10,000 different things going on. Are you hearing about another shooting? Are you hearing about something with money, something going on with the world, something about war? Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, yeah, it's like we have to hear those things. People need to know what's going on because how is anything ever going to change? But I think if you stay somewhere close-knit and you stay with people that you know and you stay near your family, the world is a little bit smaller. And that's just like the extent of it because you're not having to meet new people. You're not having to literally not see your parents every day. You know, and I think that's tempting for people because of what's going on in the world. And like, you can't really blame them. That's safe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the majority. But I think there's more and more people with social media seeing other people get out and do different things or move around or try different things, I think is making people more driven to get up and leave. And I think there, there are a fair amount of people, because I mean, I just graduated recently. And there are a fair amount of people, I think, that stayed in Iowa that do regret it. Oh. But it was the easy option. Oh, yeah. I mean, I bet we could talk to some of the older generation that graduated from the same high schools that you did same high school that i did and talk to them and they're saying oh i wish i would have left whenever i was but they stayed there and they're like man i but now i'm here it's like i have to be here permanently it's like jesus christ like i talked to my uncle and he's Mm -hmm. like oh i wish i would have got out when i was your age but now here i am almost 60 years old and he's like i'm not going anywhere and he's got health problems too this is your single uncle right yeah Mm -hmm. yep but Never I mean, I, I just talked to like most of the older generation. They all wish they would have got out. Crazy. And they all stayed for different reasons. Hmm. Interesting. Do you think that would be different if he maybe had kids or if he had more purpose in his life? Do you think he would have made if, as much of a difference if he had gotten, gotten out necessarily? If my uncle had kids, he would definitely have been happier okay. being where he's at, I would say. Because I don't think my uncle is that close with family. He's kind of like me. He's not like super close with family at all. But I know that he wishes he definitely would have got out and lived a different life. And I think I asked him once 
like what stopped him and he said it was, it was fear mm. and he was like oh, i got my family i got my friends here and i was talking to one of my best friends whenever i went to atlanta and i was like dude you know you would thrive in like a city like you have the personality for it you're a great dude yeah and he still stays he's just buying a house in illinois small town that we all graduated from mm-hmm. and he was like well you have to realize the most important things in life are your family and he was like all of my friends are there and i was like yeah but you can make friends anywhere, anywhere. i mean like you have that personality family even and he was even like yeah i mean the town may suck but that's where all my people are at i was like someday all these people are gonna be gone mm-hmm. and i don't want you to regret staying somewhere and then everybody end up being gone at some point in time and now you're there He's a smart guy, but I think people have to get out of their comfort zone, at least for school. Oh, yeah. I'm like, if you're going to do school, go and, and do it or travel from 18 to like 23, 24. Right. And then if you feel like you want to go back, I guess go back because you've experienced mm-hmm. life. Right. It's shaped you. I mean, how much have you grown just from being gone for like not even a year yet? Yeah. It's insane. I mean, I think I always knew that I wanted to move like I think by, like, sixth grade, I knew I wanted to get to Iowa. Like, I never really felt like I belonged there. Like, yes, I knew good people, and, like, there were good people there, but there was just something always off. Like, I was, like, I just never felt like I fit with anybody. Like, it just never clicked. And I was, like, terrified when I moved, too. Like, part of me literally was, like, should I have just stayed in Iowa? Or even when I was here for, like, a month, and I was trying to figure everything out, and I had that shitty job before I went to a live like, I remember when I visited home to see my mom for, like, I had surprised her for, like, four days. And I literally was like, should I have just stayed in Iowa? Like, it'd be so much easier. Because I was, like, I was terrified. And that's still when I struggled pretty bad with anxiety when I moved here. I hated driving when I moved here. Just had to figure it out. <laughs> like, I literally wouldn't even drive in Iowa. Like, anyone in Iowa knows I just did not like driving. Mm. I just, like, it was, like, exposure therapy. And I literally was just thinking to myself a few days ago, I was like... I was so scared to move because I had no, I was like so unknown. But now I'm like, now that I've moved once, I was like, I could move tomorrow and I wouldn't blink twice about it because I know that I'm capable of like making friends, mm-hmm. making connections, getting a job. Because I, and I think it, it comes a lot to the like relationship that you have with yourself. Like if you trust yourself, then you can do pretty much anything. But I think a lot of people are so fearful of the unknown because they don't trust themselves. There's not any sense of like trust or relationship with themselves so they depend on family and friends to give them that feeling and i think that roots into a lot of why people won't do the things that they do or also i feel like a lot of people like this is something that's like come up recently in conversations which is so strange but the fear of death so many people are like fearful of that and like you were saying well they're all going to be gone one day but like a lot of those people don't even like won't even digest that thought like they're like oh yeah but like they don't actually understand that yeah that everything is just kind of, because they don't want to. And that's, that's the problem right now. There's a lot of things that people don't want to digest. I mean, yeah. but that's the thing. That's the human experience. Like, you choose what you digest and you choose what you don't. But that will be your experience. Absolutely. Fully. Absolutely. That's interesting because whenever I was younger, I prepared myself for, like, everybody's death. Mm. I know that sounds fucking crazy. Mm. But whenever I realized what death was, when I was very young, probably, I don't know, five Mm-hmm. five six years old i was like oh this is what death is like it's not coming back and it's yeah. inevitable like it's going to happen so everybody anybody i was close with i've prepared myself mm-hmm. for all of their deaths not saying it's going to be easy right, right, right but i've already mentally prepared for everybody's death like whenever my mom was hit by that car 
I was already mentally prepared for that. Mm-hmm. 16 years old. Brother was breaking down. I was good. Yeah. I've already played it in my head. Like, it's going to suck, but... That's just what happens. Got to prepare for it. Well, that's interesting. I think, like, that's... I have a story that I could get into about, like, technology with mental health, like, mm-hmm. in high school. But, like, my first thoughts of, like, suicide were in, like, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Like, I was already aware of, like, death and the idea of it. And I think that's why, like, because I truly, like, I tell people this all the time, like, if I died in a week, like, I don't think I would really... Like, I'm, I've kind of become okay with that thought, which is strange. A lot of people are like, I can't even fathom that. Or, like, I mean, of course, it's like everyone would say that. But then when you're actually, f- like, faced with death, nobody knows how you're going to react. Right. But the idea, like, I'm not afraid to talk about death because, like, I know it's going to happen. <laughs> but I think a big part of that, so this was freshman year of high school. And that's when I struggled really bad with, like, depression, anxiety. And, like, my family and friends knew because, like, I literally would get called out of school, like, I would literally be at school like three days a week. Like I couldn't stay at school a lot of the time. And I remember there was one time where my mom was out of town. I think she was on like some work thing. And it was just me. I don't know where my sister was. Either she was at a friend's house. But that's when I was struggling really bad. And that was the first time that I attempted to take my own life. And my really close friend, she like we're still like super close she doesn't live here but we're still really close and she we were just talking about this recently too but she literally like had just like felt like something was off and she thought that I was like texting weird and stuff like that and so then she came over and I just remember like she walked in my room and we literally just make eye contact and she's literally like I fucking hate you and then within like this is the craziest part so I was just thinking about this recently with technology within 10 minutes of that entire situation, which is like traumatizing. We literally were laying in my bed, like laughing, watching videos on my phone. Hmm. Like, and that's crazy. Cause that like, we're so like, and even by then we're so desensitized. Like, oh, that's just normal. Interesting. And yeah, within 10 minutes, we're literally just like laying on my bed, laughing, watching videos. But also like, is that also a good thing that like that's available? You can just get online and watch funny videos after something like that. But it's also like, did I even digest what happened because like yes i've gone through and like i've worked very closely with myself to like write about those things like repair my relationship with myself but also think of the amount of people that don't do that and they have these like crazy things happen to them or they try to take their own lives and then 10 minutes later they're laughing about a video online like is that healthy probably not because like like if we didn't have our phones we weren't watching those videos we probably would have had to like sit and talk about it and it's not that like we weren't up to talk about it we've talked about it since then like plenty of different things have happened that like it's like something we're both open about but like i've not like it's that's just crazy to me that like 10 minutes later we're just like laughing watching videos we just had a sleepover woke up the next morning made breakfast and like that was that never talked about it again jesus yeah to go off of what you were saying about being fearful of death, I think being afraid of something and not doing it, you might as well be dead. Right. Now, that sounds that sounds really harsh, but being afraid of death, being afraid of something that's inevitable is to me kind of ridiculous. Knowing that you're going to die at some point in time makes me want to live an incredible life. Like going out, being who I, who I am. Like death almost motivates me in a way to be who I am. So I think if you are afraid of being yourself, any type of fear of being yourself, you're already 
in a way, dead. Mm-hmm. You should be completely comfortable. And this comes in a time where, you know, we got a whole bunch of things going on in the LGBTQ plus community. I say I don't give a fuck what anybody says about you. We may not understand certain things, but if that's who you are, mm-hmm. that's who you are. Not being who you are yourself, true to yourself, you are already dead. Right. Right. That person does not exist. The true you doesn't exist if you're afraid of coming out like that. So if you're afraid of going out to a different state because, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm just, I'm not going to be successful in this way. You're never going to grow. You're going to be dead right there. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was going to feel if I would have stayed back home. I might as well have been dead because I wasn't, I had no potential in myself. I've already capped out my potential there. And now right. I got to go to another place, cap out my potential there and just keep going until I feel like I'm in a place where my potential is just always growing. Yeah, I think that was crazy for me. When I moved, like, I think realizing if I would have stayed in Iowa, like, who knows what would have happened to me? Because I was, like, not happy there. And to see, like, like the years that I felt like that, and then as soon as I move, within nine months, like, completely different person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't struggle with the anxiety that I struggled with. And it was, like, so bad. Like, it was, like, debilitating anxiety. Like, now I have, like, gut issues from it, which, like, I've worked closely with, thankfully. But it's, like, if I wouldn't have moved, like, who knows what would have happened. Like, my mom and I talk about it all the time. Like, our relationship probably wouldn't be a thing mm-hmm. if I hadn't moved away. Because, like, that's what I needed to do. Yeah. And I think there's there's probably p- plenty of people out there, too, that like, that's what they need to do. But they just, like, don't have that courage. But also, maybe they don't have that support system, which also sucks. Like, if parents are telling you, you can't do that, you can't do this, mm-hmm. then, like, that feeds into your brain. Because those are people you look up to or have for the majority of your life. But I think it's it is crazy how many people are stuck somewhere that they don't want to be because of circumstances and i think social media is good because it shows people it's possible but i think it can also be a little bit isolating because you see all these people doing, doing it, it yeah. and then you're like what's wrong with me and then it causes a cycle of like depression oh i can't do that I, I won't do that yeah or feeling like i've heard something too recently that they've done is like the idea of like wasted resources like mm-hmm. a lot of people are obsessed with the idea of like there's not enough money there's not enough resources like if everyone else is successful i can't be hmm. and if that. you think about the idea of like people are like oh the universe and abundance like there's an infinite amount of abundance but a lot of people are capped out because they see all these successful people on social media and they're like oh that'll never be me whereas like the other people that probably are succeeding look at those people and are like that's who i want to be mm. so they do it but there are plenty of people i think that see those things and those are like that's the extent of my potential because like there's not enough to go around mm. so it's like the lack mindset that affects people a lot i think i've never once heard of that what the lack mindset mm-hmm. mm. so it's like you lack stuff because you truly believe there's like not enough so that's why like mm. some people it's like when they see all these successful people they're like upset by it or they mm. feel jealous and they feel gross feelings because they're like oh because they have it that means i can't type of thing and so it causes a cycle of like you, you're not going to go above anything that you are because when you see people more successful, you're not like, I want to be them too or I want to hang out with them or I want to talk to them. Instead, you like shut yourself down because you're like, there's not enough to go around. Well, I think they should change their view of success then mm-hmm. instead of being on other people with what do they view for success themselves. Right. Everybody's so, we're so used to comparing ourselves to other people. Oh, I can't be as successful as Eric. Well, it's like, well, Eric's successful for himself. Mm-hmm. And 
And what is success what for is you? Success, exactly. Everybody's success is completely different. Right. Some people's success is going off and living on the off the fucking grid. Some people are like, man, that's fucking <laughs> that's my life. That's what I want. Some people's success is living in a mansion. Some people's success is just living in a fucking condo, right. having a good life with their friends. Everybody's success is completely different. You have to find out what it is for yours. Stop looking at other people mm-hmm. and basing their success for yours. That's not going to do anything for you at all, no. except knock you down whenever you realize like you're not going to be their success. Right. It's all your success. Write it down. Fuck. Well, and I think ultimately, what what are your goals, and like then how do you get there and surround yourself with the right people to help get you there? Mm-hmm. You know, because for both of you, I mean, I, you got obviously I've already procreated, but both of you should definitely procreate. You guys are really good people, and the world needs any women out there needing a <laughs> baby. Go ahead and call you. <laughs> Hit him up. So no, I mean that it's it's kind of. <laughs> And honestly, in how I did it, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't, it's not that it's, yeah, I can't say it's a wrong way of doing it. It's just, it it makes sense why, you know, men and women were supposed to be together to create stability. In the Western world, we've really taken religion out of um, our lives. And it's interesting that it's like, oh shit, it really makes sense to me about why it was there. Because I can look at my life as someone that's 32 with no religion, no, there's been no parameters on my life. You know, I'm very intelligent. I'm like, okay, the dollar is king. So I learned that at a young age. All right, accumulate as many as of those as you can, and you can really have as much fun as you want. It's not necessarily like a noble aim. You know, something that you are looking, putting something above yourself, I think ultimately creates a more stable life for you, you know, and that's why I like talking to you, obviously. Sophie at 18, very young, and then same with you, Devonta, younger than me, is that you ultimately, you, you, you set yourself up for success by starting now, by being like, okay, well, this is the current system we're in. This is what's, you know, capitalism isn't the best system on the planet, but it's also not the worst. You know, ingenuity is always rewarded. Anytime you're creating value, you're rewarded for it with capitalism. And a lot of, and that can be environmental protection, that can be mental health that could be, you know, it's not all like, oh, evil, evil, evil. No, I think there's a lot of evil with it, sure. But generally speaking, it it tends to reward ingenuity. And, you know, if you can create that, then you will have more resources for if you do have a family. You know, it's interesting. I look at my dad's life, you know, someone that's literally just been divorcing people for 40 years where... I always thought, I'm like, man, what a ridiculous job he has. Who in the fuck would ever get married? Why would anyone do that? That was always my attitude. And now it's like, oh, no, I, you know, marriage is not a bad institution. It's how people treat it now. And obviously why my dad has been so successful the last 40 years is because everyone just threw the baby out with the bathwater. They're just like, it's all about my rights and freedoms, not necessarily about any stability in my life or, again, putting something above myself. You know, one thing my dad always said about his job is that as tough as it was and as absurd as some of his cases were, for some people, it was really better. I mean, they were in abusive situations. They were in things where he really got to help people and he was rewarded for that. Now, I do believe that his job is kind of absurd in the fact that 60 was a 60% divorce right now, 50 to 60%. Yeah, that people are just throwing out everything you know i think that's kind of scary to see he's made a lot of money because of the degradation of our society more or less Mm -hmm. 
it's fine that we should be ourselves. I think that's important. But again, how do you also create, again, some stability in your life? You know, I think for both of you, you guys had more instability growing up. And obviously I had a lot of stability that, you know, ultimately, if you have the stability, you give your kid a leg up. Now, again, I, I don't completely agree with how my parents raised me and my sister. But I know for my son, like how I'm going to do it, it, it will. It will help him kind of enter the world in a way that he can navigate it hopefully better than me. Yeah. You know, I think that's the cool thing. I think that's what any parent's job is to do for their kid, ultimately. Right. No, but I, it's nice to listen to both of you that it's, you know, I would argue you guys have more of a sense of hope than a lot of people I know my age, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. people in their early 30s where it's like, it's not a lot of hope. I hate to say that. And then these are, I would say, 30 to 40, um, just people I know in my life living a hedonistic lifestyle, which is you could argue a lot of the millennials are doing, it creates a lot of problems, not only for the individual, but for society as well. I, I do believe, I and mean, again, my life is a good example of it. And so you, Sophia, as someone being 18, being able to harness the power of like, look, I've been exposed to this technology. How can I use this to benefit me while also knowing I am traversing a minefield and i think that's where you know me and Devante hopefully have been positive influences in your life being like yo stay off the tinder no stay off the fucking instagram dm shit like Even fuck these I men ever yeah. used well that's you've never used them but that's what i i wouldn't recommend you know as someone that again i was older than you when they came out but mm -hmm. i never had someone say don't use that because it was brand new I was just like, oh, hell yes, and the rest is history for See, me. Think, weirdly enough, I think if nobody even would have told me, like, I never even had, like, before meeting you guys, before even coming here, I never had any interest in that. And I think it probably stems from, like, to me, a relationship formed like that is not enticing. And I think it's because it's just not, like, there's no way that's stable. From someone who grew up with instability, I feel like that was never something that I was, like, wanting because there's no way that that's stable. I think it's the individual, even though that's how most people are meeting. One of the trucks I sold today, I've talked to the guy, he's my age. He's been divorced, two kids. His girlfriend now that he lives with met on Tinder over COVID. You know, he, he seems pretty enthralled with her, which is cool, but he's got, again, two kids. He's paying, you know, child support. He's, you know, he's got a tough life. Obviously, he needs a work truck. It's like, you know, I, never, I didn't know the guy three years ago. I just met him today, but I'd be like, eh, I don't know. Because, again, most of the people we know even have met on oh, dating yeah. apps. And I don't think their relationships are unhealthy necessarily. It's just interesting to think that these people, because I asked him that. I literally I talked about the podcast and everything else. I'm like, would you ever have met her in real life without the internet? And he had to, like, think about it for a second. He's like, oh, no. Like, he never would have met her in real life. But yeah, that's how most people are meeting. It's it's just, it has. It's changed the dynamics and I think that's the hard part is people just don't really know how to navigate it. Because I don't think yeah. it's all bad. It's no. that we don't know what we're dealing with. I mean, obviously, for me, it's I view it borderline sociopathically of like, well, if we treat each other basically like swiping commodities, that's how my brain viewed it. So it was purely recreational. And I was like, oh, sweet, I can just add bodies as a guy. Very rewarding to me. You know, no one is teaching people that it's like, yo, you're putting literally two sexes, competing mating strategies online. Again, it creates a inflated sense of self for the girl, a very low sense of self for the man. 
and it produces these hyper-successful polygamous males. And I think that's probably the biggest issue with it. You know, because God, I, most people I know have met online. It's rare you see someone meet in person now. I think it's because it's so normalized. Everyone's yeah. desensitized to the idea that it's a little bit absurd. Because everything is on social media. Mm-hmm. So I think... And people also get very defensive. And I understand if you found a loving relationship, you're going to get defensive if someone's like, fuck Tinder, it's not good for you, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like, I can see why people get defensive. But I think everyone collectively could agree that like we're so desensitized from the fact that that is abnormal. <laughs> like, it oh. is abnormal that you connected with someone over a phone with mm-hmm. no body language, no energetic connection in person to see if there's any chemistry until you guys met in person like how do you know if that's just not how do you how do you, know you just make that up in your mind do you as a woman do you think or have you talked to other women and they've said oh if a guy comes up to me and approaches me in person it's creepy no that's interesting because i've heard that multiple times actually i think now it's another thing too i honestly think because of social media you see these videos of women that are getting approached and i do think now Everyone needs to be careful because there's so much shit. But that's always kind of been a thing. It's all, I just think yeah, we're more Ted aware. fucking Bundy. I'm this motherfucker. <laughs> right. Way before social media was even a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Because social media, you see it everywhere. It makes it that much more apparent in life. And that's the idea of like, okay, it's good to have awareness. But are we mm-hmm. literally like overly compensating for that? Because we're seeing it everywhere. So it makes it... Like there's so much stuff that if we didn't see it... For example, if I didn't see stuff on social media like... I myself have been lucky. I've never been, like, attacked by a man. Like, I've had creepy stuff happen, but mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be fearful to the extent that I am of men in general yeah. because of the things I see on social media. So if social media wasn't there, the extent of my experience would just be based on my experience, mm-hmm. not other women's. True. Which yeah. is good because it unifies people because then those people that did have things happen to them, they know that it's happened to other women. It's good to let women know, hey, you should have some type of protection on you because it's going to make the rate go way down if collectively more women have protection on them, pepper spray, whatever it is. I think every woman growing up should be taught self-defense. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, a something in the school systems that need to be applied very heavily. I mean, I think every woman should definitely have some type of a guard up, mm-hmm. you know, be a little weary. But I think to immediately call somebody creepy for just coming up and wanting to talk to you, I think that's throwing a lot of men off. I can speak from a male perspective on that. I think that throws a lot of men off as far as like, oh my gosh, well, she's really pretty. But if I go up and talk to her, just say hi, she's going to think I'm creepy. And that's where we start having people just fucking sliding in DMs on the IG. Well, yeah, and it's getting rejected. If a guy, any guy that's asked you out or talk to you since you've been living here and you work at a gym there's a lot of men that come in and out there's been a handful of them obviously you know it takes a lot of courage to do that you know Mm -hmm. i actually kudos to the men that do that you know whatever their intentions are as you know because it's in a public setting you know they're not it's not like a back alley or something like that so it's a little different it's it takes a lot of courage to to go up and talk to a girl you know where Mm -hmm. you know that setting is your your defense is up I think naturally as a woman, but because it is a very social setting, you're, you know, you can either say no politely or whatever, but you haven't been just like curbing men just saying like, oh, no, like, no, fuck no, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. You're very friendly. Mm-hmm. I but, would never. Yeah, I never. Yeah. And I, I always tell if like they were to ask me in person, mm-hmm. I always tell them, I always make sure I say I do appreciate you asking me. 
because like I do want them, I want them to encourage them to do it, and mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel like because they get rejected, even if because some men, even if you reject them in a nice way, take it horribly. Mm-hmm. So it's like I do well, want men to know, boy. like I do appreciate you asking me because there is genuine appreciation for coming up to me, mm-hmm. approaching me, and having mm-hmm. a conversation with me to ask me that, especially if you don't know me at all. Mm-hmm. But I have found it's common that a lot of these guys were just progressively get more talkative at the gym to kind of build a little bit of a before Absolutely. they make a move. Well, that's how Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but it's not, you know, but that's not creepy. That's building rapport. I think that's good because, yeah, cold approach is, it's low success rate for men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, I think that's the, the awareness you have is important of like, oh, shit, it is important. Like, just to know that it's like, it, for a guy to come ask you, it's very nerve-wracking for him. Mm-hmm. And you to be aware of like, hey, I'm not going to just be a dick to this person. I'm going to be like, oh, respectful, whether I'm interested in it or not. And if more women did that, more men would then approach more women in person. But nowadays, I mean, I, for me personally, I could look at a girl and just see how she carries herself. And it, like what we talked about Tuesday, you know, I saw a girl on Tinder just like swiping at the gym or like just she was like messaging some guy on tinder or something but i was like man that's so crazy it's like i wonder when the last time a girl a guy actually asked that girl out in person overall men women everyone in between i feel like a big part of it too is like collectively so many people are so unself-aware like any type of self-awareness that a lot of these people have is based on the internet like concept of (laughs) self-awareness is on the internet but like by themselves, so unself-aware. Mm-hmm. And you notice that in just everyday life. Like more people are like, oh, like there's less people that are like friendly in person. Or there's like so many more problems in person. People are so unself-aware. Like everyone's kind of just living in their own bubble because their worlds now are on their phones. Yep. So they don't even care how they're perceived in person because everyone they care about well, is on the phone. Oh, I would even that's, say that people act a different way when <laughs> they are in person, like out in public. But then whenever it's behind closed doors, they have no idea who they, they act a completely different way. And I wonder if those people have self-aware, self-awareness about who they really are. Because I've seen it in relationships mm-hmm. where they're like all super nice to people out in public and smiley. And then as soon as we, it's just her and I, boom, argument. She's fucking, she is not a friendly person. She mm-hmm. flips a switch instantly and then we go back out and it's all oh yeah bubbly smiley it's like are you aware that you're acting this way Mm. like you're not being you at all i think everybody because again social media right everybody puts out this facade to be seen and then behind closed doors they're a completely different person yeah and i feel like as much as social media pushes like authenticity being who you are i think it also breeds very unauthentic people because they're seeing what's trendy they're seeing what's popular and that's Mm -hmm. literally going in it's it's outside of social media like what's trendy on social media is also the attention you get outside of social media which is like crazy like that's how much the world has kind of integrated itself with this like virtual (laughs) world because Mm -hmm. it's like whatever is on social media is exactly what's outside and more people are starting to realize that which i think is making people less and less authentic to who they actually are because they're like oh well if i want friends i'm gonna do this or that whereas like for me i realized like moving because i feel like i was i never had the right space or people to be authentic with Hmm. in iowa like i just could not really bond with people that closely because people already knew who you were and they've they've yeah they've created this image of you 
already. Like growing up, I was always the one. I was always very vocal, and I still am. I'm very communicative. Like I, I honestly hate holding something in. I'd rather just say it to you. Like, hey, like what's up? You're being weird, or something's weird. Let's just talk about it. Because I don't see what's so hard about that. But to a lot of people, that's like terrifying. And growing up, I was always the one like in my friend groups or like outside of that. Like if there were problems, I would speak. I would be the one that speaks. Oh, it's always Sophia's texting people. Sophia's the one mediating the situation. Mm-hmm. Like Sophia's the one that's fixing it. Sophia's the one like I would be speaking for like my friends would tell me something and I would just repeat it. So I was constantly the bad guy for the other people. And I like realized a lot of my relationships, like there were just people that were just like friends, but they were also constantly disrespecting me. And I I changed more than I had in the past of high school, like my senior year is kind of when I started tapping more into the person that I am now. Not to the extent that I am now, because now I could give less than a shit what anybody thinks. But like then when I kind of started integrating more of that stuff, I realized some people were like upset with that. Like I, I lost some people in my life. And there was also like weird petty drama that I just had no interest in. Or like if I wouldn't speak up for some friends anymore, I was like, nope, that's your situation. Speak for yourself. There was like outrage. <laughs> like it was like they were angry with me because they pinned me as this person of like, oh, Sophia will do this. Sophia will do that. And I was just like, no, like I don't really want to. And so when I stopped, I did lose friends, but I also gained really good friends that I'm still friends with now. But there are definitely people that were like upset. And I realized that I had let people kind of like villainize me, but also take advantage of like my ability to be like vulnerable and like communicative because they realized they could use it to their advantage of like, oh, well, Sophia will say it. Or like, oh, Sophia will do the problem. Or like if there's an issue in the friend group and they don't want to deal with it to each other, somehow it would be between me and this person. Like two of my friends would get in an argument and then somehow it would end up being my fault. And I wasn't even like involved. And again, like I was the person in high school, like within my friend group, it was like my house was the place for everywhere. So I was the one that was like, would have all the birthday parties, would have all the like, New Year's for, like, my friend group, not really, like, public. It was not, like, public parties at all. But, like, I was not about that. (laughs) But, like, for my, like, friends, it was always, like, oh, my house. Like, my mom would, like, buy stuff for those things. Like, not that she probably could, but she did, you know? And so I think it was so easy. It was just, like, I was in this, like, weird position of power that they put me in, but they blamed me for like, you put me there. Like, you are the one that, want, because you knew I was You were the president. I was the president. Yeah, I was the, the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but it's, like, I don't think they realized. And they probably still don't. Some of these people that might still, like, villainize me or, I don't, I don't know. I don't even give a shit. I don't have a problem with anybody. But, like, they don't realize that you put me in that position of power that I never wanted to be in. And I think I grew, like, I'm, I don't really talk to anybody from Iowa that often. Not because I think I'm, like, above them or anything. Just because, like, fell out of contact. There yeah. really is no hard feeling. I have yeah. nothing bad to say about anybody. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, like, I grew, I think, very quiet. Um, and, like, since moving, like, I have changed quite a bit from that point, too. And I also realized, in a way, it also, like, attracted those people a little mm-hmm. bit more. Oh, they're trying to reach out. Or they're, like, liking my thing on, like, Instagram, which is, like, in just, in, like, a weird way. And, like, when I visited the past like december whatever like the attention i got was different mm-hmm. probably because i looked different i also didn't care anymore i was like detached from it and i think with moving like finding people that like do just appreciate who i am like they're not trying to use me in any weird way or put me in some position like i never wanted to be in that position of power 
And it's so funny because, like, a lot of people that meet me now here, like, the first thing they say, like, oh, you're chill. <laughs> and I'm like, I would have never gotten that in Iowa. Hmm. They always saw me as this, like, feisty, like, I was always going to be the one to speak about stuff. Or they were scared. I mean, literally my friends would tell you, like, oh, well, like, like, they would always say, like, oh, if you want to hear, like, the nice version, talk to blank. If you want to hear, like, the hard, blah, 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 talk to Sophia. Like, they made me into this, like, but it was never that. I just had no problem being vulnerable. Mm. No problem communicating. But I was always put in this power position that I never asked to be in. And then people would resent me for it. Or be upset about it. Mm. But I was like, I, I didn't ask to be put here. And now that I'm, like, in Colorado, I'm just kind of quiet. Like, I'm just, like, I'm to myself. And I'm like, that's just always what I wanted. And I felt so trapped in Iowa. Because, like, there would be problems made out of freaking air mm-hmm. from some people. And I was just like, what? Like, what is this? Or people would want me to have, like, they would, like, somehow say that I had, like, a problem with them. But I was like, I literally don't care. Like, I, and it's yeah. not, I don't want to say that like, I don't, I literally don't care about you. But, like, it mm-hmm. was not in my head, you know? Because there were so many other things I was dealing with that right. no one knew about. But I also am not someone that goes and tells the world about it either. I mean, I am right now. But <laughs> this is the first in a There's Ohio. no names, though. There's no names. Yeah, yeah, no name drops. But, I mean, like, moving here, you got to reinvent yourself to who you truly are oh yeah and i feel like that is probably why i grew so quick when i moved Mm -hmm. and i already have the feeling too that i'm like i definitely think that fort collins is like a stepping stone and i probably will leave soon you will you know because i felt like i i do feel like i've gotten a lot of out of fort collins that i don't think i'll get much more out of here not that like i'm not happy here or anything because as soon as I moved, like, it was immediate that I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. Well, you, you're, like I said earlier, you're capping your potential. And now you go on to another place where you can cap your potential again. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that takes us, that takes a form of self-awareness mm-hmm. to be like, I can't grow here anymore. And I just yeah. have to uproot. Yeah. And that's just what happens. And that is literally going back to kind of talking about, like, the death and stuff. That's literally what it felt like. I was like, either I get out of here or I die. Like, I was like, that's what it feels like. Because I was so just mm-hmm. trapped into this weird, like, I wasn't who I was at all. But I, like, could not grow because there were too many, I don't know. When you're surrounded, when you're in a small place and you're surrounded by that many people, there's an extent of where you can grow. Oh, There's a point where you literally just can't anymore. Because you, you have all these people that yeah. know you as somebody that you aren't anymore. <laughs> and I think, like, moving here immediately, I knew it was the right choice because mm-hmm. I, like, I immediately just attracted people that were probably always supposed to be my life. Like, I think before, I do not think it's a coincidence that I work with all men. Not at all. <laughs> Because all my, like, male experiences, and even in Iowa, like, with friends, I mean, relationships, it was, like, oh, whatever, you know, high school relationships, whatever. But, like, even, like, friends that were guys, like, I always felt so, not, like, disrespected, but kind of, like, they also kind of hated that position of power or, like, that communicative, vulnerable side of me. Like, there was just always issues. Like, I don't know. And I think... I mean, obviously, you can't expect someone to be mature mm-hmm. at that age. But then coming here and realizing that I immediately, like, the connections that we're making were with, like, older people. Like, male and female. Like, it was, like, older people, mature people. And I think, like, you two are probably the first mature people that I got close with that I like, changed my perspective on, like, male friendships. Because they were just all bad experiences. Not, like, mm-hmm. horrible, but I just never, even with, yeah, the people I was friends with, whoever they were, male, female, whatever in between, like, yeah, they were never that, like, fulfilling. I always felt out of place, like, even in the group that I was in, even though I had 
some kind of upper hand because it was always my house or my this or my that just never quite fit Hmm. like I just always felt very out of place in that position which you would think Mm -hmm. you'd feel like you belong because everyone is relying on you because oh it's your house it's your this it's your that but even then I was like very out of place and then moving here I think I finally connected with people that showed me that those like friendships and relationships exist and that I can be that I also just be seen as who I actually am Mm -hmm. without it being like oh I'm looking at you for who you actually are but I'm not happy about it there's just a like yep that's who you are or like for example like sometimes we'll be like oh so like I don't know, it's like so random, but if someone's like, oh, so weird, like, this reminds me of you or something, I'm like, that is actually me. But if people were to say that, yeah. I would be like, no. That's interesting because <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it because we both moved, right? Yeah. And the people from your hometown look at you differently than how we look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking to people here, one of the ladies, older ladies from the gym, she was like, oh, I took you as a player. Nobody <laughs> back home would come close to thinking I was a player. And I've gotten that so much out here. Well, they so, think you are over me. That's what exactly, I think so that's, funny. That's crazy. Like, people come, they're like, oh, yeah, well, I think I think you're a player. Like, I was talking to some girls, and they're like, yeah, I've heard that you're a player. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> are you hearing this from? Because that who is so far. Where? Yeah, this is so far from who I am. Yeah, it is. And then the real player is right here fucking across from me. <laughs> and they have, they're like, oh, you're the relationship guy, and I'm yeah. the fucking player. But it's it's weird going from one place where you are made up to be this person who they've known to be their entire mm-hmm. life, but that's really not who you are. And then you go to another place, and then it's like, now I'm able to be who I really am, and they actually see you for that. Right. It's interesting. And it's crazy. I think a big part of it was building like boundaries that I just never had. Like, I was very, I I think it probably was from, like, when I was young. Like, dad leaving, just not feeling that stable. Like, anyone could leave at any second. Like, Mm. you were saying you came to terms with people's deaths because you were like, well, they can leave at any second. It Mm. can happen any time. Yeah, my dad leaving, then I lost my grandpa, like, very abruptly. And him and I were super close. So I was like, uh, like, when those things happen, I was like, no one really sticks around. So, like, my way to, like, have meaningful friendships and relationships was to just kind of be whatever someone wanted me to be and just be like okay yeah or someone would like emotionally take advantage of me i just had no boundary at all because i was always known like you guys know like, we talk about this all the time like i did not grow up attractive like it was like i was not like the pick of the litter that's all three of us here <laughs> <laughs> um but like yeah yeah like it was like what people would admire me for was the way that i would help <laughs> which is destructive because it's like oh the thing i love about you most is the way that you help me. You know, maybe they weren't saying that directly, like maybe it was, but it was all emotional, which tears someone apart. Because if someone's telling you, oh, what I love the most about you is how, like your words and how you help and your like emotional nature, then you think that the only way that you're lovable is if you're giving that out and like constantly. And so when I made boundaries, like my senior year into moving here, it was like, people were upset. (laughs) Like people were upset that I wasn't as willing like it's not now it's not hard for me because i'm like i'm confident with who i am the relationship with myself i know that i can take who i am authentically anywhere that i want to go and i will find people that love me and that accept me and that want to be around me and like actually see me for who i am but like in iowa like of course that's probably why i was so fearful too is because i'm this distortion of like myself but i'm not 
Like, there's still people viewing me that way. So then moving, I was like, well, then who the hell am I going to be? <laughs> because I don't even know. Brother. <laughs> I don't even know who I am. My therapist, like, I've had the same therapist. Shout out Calvin, because he's going to like that I'm talking about this. <laughs> but, um, like, I've had the same therapist since, I don't know, I was like five or six. Mm-hmm. It was off and on. It wasn't constant. She, like, she told me, like, recently when I talked to her, she was like, she was like, I just knew, she's like, you were, like, so out of place. She's like, because when you were a junior or senior in high school, she's like, you were at the mental age of, like, beyond college. So, of course, you felt so out of place and, like, so stuck. Because, like, why are you in a classroom right now when you're contemplating something that is so above anything that's in school? Right. And school always felt so, like, up in the air. And so I think that tied together with everything else. Like, moving, like, was exactly what I needed. And I would, like, never look back at it. Like, I'm like, I'll probably just keep moving. Like, I'll never end up. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I could end up back in Iowa for whatever reason. <laughs> but, like, in my idea of things, I think I'll just continue to uproot because that's where I get the most enjoyment mm-hmm. is, like, continuing to build on that because I know what it felt like to be around eyes that were looking at me in a complete wrong way. But no matter how much I told them, like, that's not me, they would always find a way to make me that again. And I was so tired of that. <laughs> and so moving was just like, yeah, boy. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But again, I think a lot to be said, as I talk about all the time, being present too. You're not moving tomorrow. Neither one of you are. And I'm not moving anywhere anytime soon at all uh, because I got a son here now. But again, any opportunities, obviously, in you know, you have in your present moment, but it's doing little things. Again, it's like, you know, taking care of yourself physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally, financially. Start with that because no matter where you are in at in life, you can do all three of those things immediately. Oh, yeah. You can always eat better. You can always work out more. You can always be more mindful about your actions. I mean, all this stuff is not easy to do, but you can start from anywhere. The idea that a lot of people are just like kind of chasing the next high. You know, that was me with women, with with sport, with extreme sports and stuff like that. When in reality, it's what can what's going to help you long term. So when you guys are my age, well, especially you, you know, you got, a, what, 14 years I hope you have a different life than me. As weird as that is to say, I I hope for you, you meeting me, you know, not that you would go down the road I went down, (laughs) but it would be, you would have more stability in your life and you Mm -hmm. wouldn't, because trust me, there's a lot of girls that are my age, fucked up in the head. Like they did the online dating and not that online dating is bad. It's just like they, they, they cared about their rights, their freedoms, their, you know, they traveled the world. They do all these fun things. They slept with all these dudes Mm -hmm. and they're, fucked up now like these girls are fucked up and uh, guys too not just mm-hmm. girls and um yeah we think we're fucked up in different ways for me it's much much less psychological it's more physical and then mm-hmm. the side effects of what i was doing like having a child out of wedlock with someone i don't care about you always have to climb the mountain it's easier if you start younger and you just do the things that you can control to help at least like put your the odds in your favor as you get older you never know what's going to happen that is for sure true. But life's pretty long for people now. You're better off with like, eh, you probably want good physical health. You want good mental health. Oh, yeah. You want financial health. Trust me. You want that freedom. You don't want to be a slave to anything. You know, you're going to have a little bit higher quality of life, mm-hmm. you know, than if you just are going balls to the wall. And yeah, I think that's I what would... everyone's doing right now. So. Yeah, and I always like, I feel like the one thing, like whenever people like talk to me or like ask me anything or like I've written about it or whatever is like the biggest thing that I think for a lot of people my age is like that's so important anybody like older younger whatever is like your connection to yourself 
Because if you have this mindset, I think why so many people are grasping at human connection or like you said, like sleeping around or anything in between. Mm. I feel like a lot of that comes from the fact that we're seeking what we lack in other people. And I think my biggest thing with moving and the biggest thing that I learned is like when I connected to myself, like that's when the most authentic version of myself came out. There was like so many emotions I didn't even realize that I needed to like go through. Or like also I was always very humble about what I went through as a kid or in high school. Like I was always very like, it's not something that I, like if someone asked me, I have no problem telling them, but it's not something I'll really bring up. But I think also I had, cause it was easier to live with. I feel like cause I grew up very independently to just be like, oh like, well people go through worse. It's not that big of a deal. But moving, I have really had to think about those things. And I was like, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> like that happened and like that was kind of fucked up. And I think becoming like, I always tell people like, I think becoming my own best friend. Like I know how to provide for myself. I know what I need emotionally and like, et cetera. Like I know how to take care of myself. And now that I've gotten to this point where I'm like, I know I can give myself everything that I need. That's when like all these people came into my life that just appreciate that. And I'm not needing anything from them and they're not needing anything from me, but we can like learn from each other collectively and just experience each other. And I think that's what I needed in my connections. I couldn't keep being in these like take and not give connections because that was just so unhealthy. But that also came from just not knowing myself. And I think so many people could benefit if they really prioritized like tapping into like self-connection. Like how can I know myself better? Because that'll, that'll like keep you from reaching for things that are not going to serve you, whether that's social media, human connection, and other things. And human connection is very important, but it shouldn't be unnatural. And I think so many human connections are unnatural now because we're grasping because we're like, you have something that I need and I have something that you need, but it's not in like a natural way. It's mm-hmm. like a, whether that's like finances or materialism. Or like emotional, like I lack emotional vulnerability, so I'm gonna go find someone that's emotionally vulnerable. And I think that I was a magnet for emotionally unavailable people because they knew that like I could fill that void for them in a way. And then when I put up those boundaries and there was there was no longer that give and no take, a lot of people naturally fell out of my life, mm-hmm. which was hard because then it was realizing like, oh, I was never necessarily appreciated for who I just was. It was always what I was giving. But then also, as soon as I just tapped into that and connected with myself and realized, like, yeah, this is who I am. And it's just like, whatever. Then I attracted people that were not looking to take. Or it was a reciprocal give and take sort of situation. But I think a lot of people lack a good relationship with themselves. And I think that's why a lot of people are in the positions that they're in. But if they, like, worked with themselves. Like, I told people, I'm like, the first month I moved here, I was, like, super depressed. Like, every night, I literally would, like, sit in front of my mirror, journal, pen, silent headphones... And I would literally just, like, write shit down, cry about it. Like, next night, same thing. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. But my favorite thing now is I keep all my journals that I've written in. So, like, before I moved, I had written something. Like, I have no idea what I'm going to do, what I'm going to be. And then I'm reading it now. And I'm like, bitch. Like, <laughs> like, and now I can literally, like, see how that changed. And, like, that's crazy. And that's, like, my favorite thing now is I have all these, like, bitch. Yeah. I say, bitch. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, it's crazy. And I think that I think is probably the only reason why I ended up where I am with the people that I have is because I chose to become my, what everything that I felt like I lacked, I was like, I'm going to find a way to give it to myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find a way to understand myself and like become my best friend. And now I know myself best. So nobody can tell me what I am and what I'm not because I don't care. Like I know what I am because I can communicate with myself. And I think like if more people did that, 
collectively everyone would be a little bit it'd be a better world <laughs> mm-hmm. and people would also probably be doing things that actually make them happy 100 percent. yeah this has been a really good podcast it's been a really good talk my question that i would pose to anybody out there listening is are you not doing something out of fear and are you being true to yourself about who you actually are Freeze, freeze. <laughs> yeah, any age because again talking to you it's you know it blows me away so you're 18 not even 19 yet it is it's it's yeah. very impressive to like listen to you talk and how you speak it's not typical of anyone under the age of 23 i would say in today's world and again i know a lot of that is because of your life experiences but you know ultimately we really appreciate you coming on and sharing with everyone. Thanks for having me. So, of course, we'll continue these talks at work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but tune in next week. This has been Less Tech, More Neck. I'm Devontae. This is Eric. Bye-bye. Less Tech, More Neck. Mm, y'all hear what I say. Less Tech, More Neck. For your mother and your brother, we gonna hear from Eric and Devontae. It's strange times and these are strange days And it's strange people living strange ways So expect less tech, more neck